I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal, the final edition of the working week. It is of course Friday, the weekend is nearly here and that means the Premier League is nearly back. The international break is now in our rearview mirror and we can enjoy the Premier League well for about another four weeks or so before another international break rolls around and disrupts things once again. Arsenal in action on Sunday, so we've got a little bit more time to wait before Mikel Arteta's men are back in action at Everton on Sunday. Mikel will be speaking a little bit later on uh, ahead of that game. So there's plenty to discuss there. I've got lots of comments and questions from you guys on possible team selections, on plenty of other stuff as well that we'll get through. Um, good news for Arsenal women on transfer deadline day yesterday, bringing in a big new sign-in from Australia. We'll have a little bit of discussion about that. But the big news that came yesterday, and really surprising news, that came yesterday was that Vila Venkatesham, Arsenal's CEO, will be stepping down next summer. So he's going to stay in his position until the end of the season, but he will leave after 14 years with the club. Vin, I said this was a tough decision, but it's time to pursue another challenge. Now is not the time for goodbyes as I remain focused until my last day supporting a seamless uh, transition. Josh Kroenke saying the board is fully supportive of Vinay's desire to pursue his next challenge. While it is business as usual for everyone focused on the season ahead, we'd like to take this moment to thank him for his contribution and long service. Vinay will always be a part of the Arsenal family and always welcome back at Emirates Stadium. Change and succession is something the club is well prepared for. The board remains committed to our strategy and we will address leadership change as we continue to drive the club forward. So comments from Vinay and from Josh Kroenke there about the departure. I had quite a lot of questions. People saying, you know, what does this mean? How, you know, what does it mean to Arsenal? Is it going to change things? How disruptive is it going to be? First of all, in terms of Vinay himself, now I, I like Vinay and the times I've met and the times I spoke to him, he's a really nice guy. 
He's really approachable. He's he's just it's not, I'm not really sure what else to say about him. He is just a nice guy. You, you kind of meet some of these club executives and they're at standoffish. They don't really want to talk and chat. They don't feel very sort of approachable. But Vinay is completely different. He's really happy to come and have a chat. He's just he just he's just genuinely nice, <laughs> and that's how he comes across. And um, so from that point of view, I mean, that doesn't mean he's good at his job or anything. It just means he's nice. But for, you know, I, I, I think certainly when you see the reaction of, say, the Arsenal Supporters Trust and people like that who have to deal with, you know, people like Vinay on, you know, a fairly regular basis through their sort of relationship with the club and the work that they do. I think they're certainly going to miss him. He's very um, sort of welcoming in terms of fan groups and he tries to get them involved. And, he, you know, he listens. He tries to be part of the conversation with fan groups and that's not always easy when you're in a club. So I think people like them are certainly going to miss, miss him. I think from a football point of view, from an Arsenal point of view, you know, I don't, this isn't going to disrupt things too much. You know, Vinay is not, although he's a CEO, you know, this, the, the football side of things is very much run by, you know, obviously Mikel sort of, sort of sets the tone. You've got Edu, Josh Cronkey's heavily involved. And then there's Tim Lewis, who's a really important figure at Arsenal, who's becoming increasingly more influential. And, so I don't really look at Vinay's impending departure. He's obviously still going to be here for another season. I don't think there's anything sort of to worry about on the football side of things because it's just not, that's not really him. You know, he's very good. at He's been good on the business side of things and he will need to be replaced, no doubt about it. But when you kind of look at what Tim Lewis does and the new and the, the sort of role he's taken, obviously he's appointed onto the board as well. Um, fairly recently, Tim Lewis, you know, his his star has been rising at Arsenal in terms of exactly what he do, what he's been asked to do, how much he's trusted by the Cronkies. And I think that's going to sort of protect there being too much disruption from Vinay, you know, deciding to go. So on one hand, I think it's a shame just because he's, he's, I think he's good at what he does and he's been at the club a long time and he's a genuine Arsenal fan. And that comes across a lot when you speak to him. Uh, And like I said, he's a nice guy, but and from a football side of things, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference, really. I really don't. I don't think it's anything to worry about. Um, and I think Arsenal are just going to continue doing what they do, planning the way they are planning in terms of how they run things. And when you look at sort of Josh's Josh's comments there, you know, I, I think it's right. Change in succession is something that the club do prepare for and they will be prepared for. They've got a lot of time to prepare for this as well because Vinay's going to be here. Um and I'm sure they'll make a good appointment and they'll, another CEO will come in and sort of continue on the good job that Vinay Van Kachem's done. But for all of you sort of asking me, you know, am I worried? Should we be worried about about this? I don't really think you genuinely should. I think Arsenal are losing a good guy, but I don't think they're losing someone who's going to, whose departure is going to create this sort of power vacuum that is going to end up affecting things on the pitch or anything like that in terms of the way the club is run. <laughs> Okay, good news from for Declan Rice. The best, the FIFA Best Award nominations were released yesterday. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but there's only one English player on that list, and that is Arsenal's Declan Rice. Uh, admittedly, probably because of his performances for West Ham in the uh, in helping them win the uh, Conference League last season. BC here, if you're watching on the screen. You can see there the, on FIFA's sort of website says won the 2022-23 UEFA Conference League, named 2022-23 Conference League Player of the Season, named in the 2022 UEFA Conference League Team of the Season. So I'm not sure Arsenal can take too much credit for this, but again, it shows the quality of player that they have signed in Declan Rice. So he's one of the players uh, on the men's list, on the women's list as well. There's a couple there. Caitlin Ford is named. Amanda Ilstead, who's obviously new to the club. 
She is also named. You can go over to FIFA's website and you can vote to see, you know, vote for your winner on this. So uh, good luck to Declan Rice and the two two Arsenal women in their uh, attempts to to win that. Mikel Arteta speaking to the press later today, 1.30pm at London Colney. Uh, interesting to see what he says, if he gives any sort of updates on team news or anything like that ahead of the Everton game, you know, how everyone has returned. Are they fit? Hopefully they are. We haven't heard anything in terms of anyone picking up any, you know, problems while on international duty. It feels, fingers crossed, like Arsenal have come through that one unscathed. There was obviously the scare about Gabriel, but it looks like he was fine. It'd be interesting to see when the Brazilians all arrived home and what sort of shape they're in after that long journey that they've had. Um, but, you know, Arsenal going to Everton is going to be a really difficult game. We know Arsenal's record at Everton in recent years is, um, well, terrible. There's <laughs> not really another word for it. And uh, they're going to need to be at their very best to go up there and and win at a ground they haven't won at since 2017 and where, quite frankly, they've been awful at and have been bullied at in recent years. So they're going to need all their top performance. You kind of look, I was looking at Gabriel Jesus' stats. Arsenal did a thing on it, actually. Gabriel Jesus' stats against Everton are absolutely brilliant. And I've been I've been kind of thinking, I oh, probably play Eddie Nketiah, keep Eddie in the side for this one. Um, hasn't done much wrong, but the closer I'm getting to the kickoff and the more I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking... Maybe Gabriel Jesus should be starting this one. And now I've seen those stats and how he gets on. I think he scored eight goals against Everton more than any other club he's faced in the Premier League. I think he scored or assisted in seven games in a row against them as well. He scored three goals at Goodison Park. You know, he's got a really, really good record there. And as much as that might seem like a sort of little thing, that actually does. It's quite important. Players like playing against certain clubs. They just feel comfortable and they feel confident. And when you've got a record like that, you you'd probably sway towards playing them, I think. So it'll be interesting to see if that does factor into Mikel Arteta's thinking or not. And of course, Gabriel Jesus should be full of confidence after what he did against Manchester United just before the international break. So that's going to be one of the intriguing things for Mikel Arteta to decide upon uh, going into the game at Everton. Who plays up front? Who is the central striker? Is it Eddie? Is it Jesus? Could you play both of them? Could you potentially rest Bukai Saka if this Achilles problem is a bit of an issue? Play Jesus on the right and have Eddie Nketiah up front. You know, what do you do? In defence, um, what do you do with Kai Havertz? There's plenty of um, plenty of decisions for Mikel Arteta to make. I'm sure we'll be quizzed on plenty of those at today's press conference at London Colony, which uh, yeah, 1.30 p.m. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Okay, before we get into some of your questions and comments, good day for Arsenal women yesterday. Just before the transfer deadline, they managed to bring in Kyra Cooney-Cross from um, the Australian International. But so impressive at the World Cup as they got to the um, as they got to the semi-final. Um, big move for them right into the transfer window and bringing her in from Hammerby. And they've they've made some good moves. When you look at what Arsenal have done so far in in the wheel, well, during the windows, you know, they've, they've made some impressive moves. They've certainly strengthened the squad. There's no doubt about that. You know, players like Lacoste from uh, Benfica, with the, uh, Alicia Russo coming in as well. Uh, Ilstead coming in. So they've made some big moves. They've certainly shown a lot of intent in the transfer window. They've got the big disappointment of what's happened in the Champions League. But I think you've got to, for now, you've got to put that, you've just got to put it behind them. There's nothing you can do. You know, that's done. It's dusted. There's going to be no Champions League football this year. So it's all about concentrating really on the WSL. And, you know, what Arsenal have done in the window, they've shown a lot of intent. And I think they've put together a squad that should really be going toe-to-toe with Chelsea this season and really, really competing. Kyra says, I'm so excited to join this club. Arsenal felt right as soon as I heard about the interest. I'm really looking forward to experiencing the atmosphere at the Emirates in front of a big crown for the first game of the season. Can't wait to get started and help us achieve something big together. 
Jonas, uh, obviously very happy at signing such a talented player. Um, she only about sort of six months left on her contract and it looked like she was going to be heading off on a free probably at the end of her contract with Hammerby. Chelsea and Manchester United both believed to be sort of looking at her, but Arsenal went in, showed a lot of intent, whacked some money down on the table at 175 grand, could rise to about a quarter of a million as well um, and just basically just got in in front of Chelsea and Man United and got, and got the deal done. So the you know, it's a powerful move from Arsenal and Jonas very, very happy. He says, Kyra is one of the best young players in world football. We are delighted to have brought her to Arsenal. Her passing ability and explosiveness allow her to affect games in a way you rarely see for such a young player. So we firmly believe she'll be an excellent addition to our midfield now and in the future. So Arsenal's manager there, Jonas Eidevelt, understandably very, very happy with the business they have done right before the end of the transfer window. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, let's move on to some of your questions and comments now. There's one here from Spags6962. says, would love to see Tommy start the Everton, especially after his performance for Japan. I was talking about this yesterday, saying I wouldn't be at all surprised if we did see Tommy line up there. I'd still probably go for uh, Zinchenko in my predicted 11, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Tommy featuring in this game because of his really, really strong aerial ability against Everton. And I thought if you look, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see below, I've put in a quote from Tommy Asu speaking after the Japan game, which I thought was really interesting. It's not the first time we've seen this from Tommy. He does, he really does um sort of beat down on himself about performances. You know, he, he said there's a few times he does it. He, he's ne- never really happy with himself in terms of performances. And that could affect his confidence. He's saying here that I had to convince myself or rather I needed to give myself confidence in that sense. I felt like I needed to regain my confidence. I wondered if it had become a problem at Arsenal. It's different. So if you ask me if I can just do it at Arsenal, that's a different story. At Arsenal, I need to do my best to secure a spot in my squad. Um, and then he talked about his performances in the two Japan games. He said, I, but I've gained a lot of confidence from the way I played in these two international matches. My days at Arsenal are really demanding. If you ask me if I'm going to regain my confidence completely, I can't say 100% yes. I really feel like I'm doing well at Arsenal. I just need to be confident when I'm there. Of course, there were times I've lost confidence. Honestly, I've thought about a lot of things. And he just, he says it a lot in interviews, Tom. He said it to me, he said it to a lot of people. I remember... Sam Dean, good friend of the channel, obviously works for Daily Telegraph. He interviewed him at the World Cup and Tommy was really, it was after a really strong performance from Tommy for Japan at the World Cup. And 
And yet he interviewed him in the mix zone and Tommy was so down on himself and he seems to do it an awful lot. He really analyzes himself harshly, I think. And um, that can impact his confidence. I thought those are really interesting quotes because he played so well for Japan um, during the two international fixtures. You go back to that, you know, the, the win they got in Germany, how he played in that game. Um, and you think he'd be absolutely sort of buzzing ahead of the Everton game. But you sort of look at those comments and you think, yeah, he's just got to have a little bit more self-confidence about him because he's such a good player and he can make such a big impact. There's one here from Andrew. He says, hi, Charles. I think if Juventus come in for party in January, do you think we could deal with uh, do a deal with Vlaivich? As there are rumours we may go back in for him. It gives us a different type of striker and cover that we need. Party is still having injury issues and one of our senior players, so it makes sense if it could be done. Even if we don't get someone else in, we have Jorginho who has not let us down. And the way Arteta is playing Rice and Havertz with Party get the games. Uh, I'm not up for that, I have to say. I don't want to even entertain the prospects of letting Thomas Party go in January. Um even with a sweetener of Vlaivic coming in, who obviously Arsenal have been linked with before. Again, I've said it a few times. It was never one that I was told was really, there was loads of substance in, despite the strength of some of the reports coming from, from Italy at the time. Um, you know, I said yesterday, Arsenal, next big signing, I expect will probably be a striker um, to give them that sort of more physical option up front. Um, you know, whether they go for Vlaivic remains to be seen. But for, for me, no, certainly not in January. I wouldn't really want to entertain that swap deal. You're bringing in a player who would, need time to adjust to a new club anyway in the middle of a season which is never ideal and you'd be getting rid of a player who yes he's got his injury problems but when he's fit it's just so so important and yeah I wouldn't want to be entertaining that for me no I think keep him till the summer and then if something really sort of big comes in for him in the summer when he's only got a year left on his deal and he's nearly 31 then you entertain it but yeah if Arsenal want to do anything this season if they want to go deep into the Premier League if they want to really have a good go at the Champions League Thomas Party needs to be a part of that squad in my opinion uh, here's one from Gary Gorman4438. He says, hi, Charles. Why do you think we are so vulnerable to the counter-attack this year? We were superb at winning the ball back in the final third last year, but not this year. We conceded twice, Rashford and Awanyi on the break already this season. Are we missing Xhaka? Is our midfield still finding it feet? Is our formation different? Love to hear your thoughts. Well, the formation is definitely different. There's no doubt about that. But I do, I'm not sure it's really something I've noticed that Arsenal have been more susceptible to this season. Of course, they've conceded those goals that you highlighted, but I think your one, one is slightly different because that was on the back of a corner and it was an unbelievable run by, oh, I've forgotten his name now, who set up the goal. Who was it? Something you can all remind me in the comments below. Um, it was a former Man United guy, wasn't it? Which is unbelievable pace to get down the left in that North Forest game. Um, and it was from a corner, so it's slightly different. Obviously, the United won, Arsenal lost the ball high up the pitch. Kai Havertz giving it away, and then they got they got picked off. But you think back to last season at Old Trafford, Arsenal got picked off twice on the counter-attack by... Um, actually, all three times, pretty much. I think they were, all three goals in that game were, were counter-attacked, but certainly the two Rashford ones at the end. I can think of plenty of other examples um, of times they got they got caught on the counter. I go back to that Bournemouth game, which they won 3-2, Reese Nelson. I remember Aaron Ramsdale making a brilliant save from Dom Solanke when they got Arsenal got picked off on the counter. So I don't think it's something necessarily that I've noticed this season that Arsenal got any worse at. I think they've always been a bit susceptible to the counter because of the way they play and how much possession they have in the opposition's half and how they sort of push forward as well against a low block. If that If there is a turnover, they are just going to get caught on it, caught out a little bit. And then they are going to be prone to to being done on the counter-attack. I just think that's something that sort of comes with the territory, the, the way that Arsenal plays. So although the formation is different, I don't really think it's made much of an impact. I don't think losing Xhaka has made too much of an impact either because he played so high up the pitch last season. 
anyway. You know, Thomas Party was left isolated all the time, really, in front of the back four. I don't think Xhaka gave too much extra defensive solidarity to to Arsenal last year than they're getting this season. Uh, here's one from Sealord and from Arsenal OG that I thought I'd pair together. Sealord uh, says, oh, interesting video, Charles. Uh, I've seen people say Arteta has to rotate more, but then we need to play our best 11 against um, Everton. Given PSV is our first CL game in six and a half years and Spurs next weekend, when do we rotate? Would you be up to saying which starting 11 you would have for each of the next three games, Charles, to show what you might do? Oh, God, that's going to be hard. I should have thought about that before bringing it up. Uh, and then Arsenal OG says, we should rest Saka for Spurs. Um, for Spurs versus Everton. For me, we should start Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Rice, Odegaard, Vieira, Martinelli, Jesus and Trossard. It's going to be really interesting to see what Mikel does. Personally, I would, if I'm going to rotate anyone in any of these two, these three games, I'd be rotating a little bit against PSV. I think you've got a little bit more um, room to manoeuvre against PSV, especially at Ars- uh, the fact Arsenal are at home. I think the Premier League is so intense any drop points are so costly in the Premier League. I think for now, kind of look at that Champions League group. And yes, you've got to get off to a good start. No doubt about it. You've got to win these games with PSV. are going to be no pushovers. They proved that last season in the Europa League. But I would be more tempted to play the likes of Trossard, Vieira, you know, even Jorginho, players like that against PSV than I would certainly against Everton. I'd be going full strength against Everton, I have to say. And then you've got a week to recover for Spurs. Um, and I'd make if I was going to make any changes, I'd be making them in the Champions League game, I think. And, you know, I think the quality of Arsenal's changes there, they're not going to lessen the um, the players, this sort of quality too much. You know, if you bring in a Trossard, if you, you know, potentially don't start Jesus against Everton because as you're still easing him back in, you can play him on a, on Wednesday night and then you could even play him against Spurs as well. So, but I just, I just think this Everton game is so, so important for Arsenal. They've got to build on the momentum of the Man United win. They've got to go come back after international break and get three points. I think that's so important. You can't be resting players against Everton. And I think PSV gives you slightly more room for manoeuvre to do that. Um, so, yeah. And Arsenal OG, your comment there on uh, your starting eleven. White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Rice, Odegaard, Vieira, Martinelli, Jesus and Trossard. Interesting one. I'd I'd be starting Saka, I have to say. If Saka's all right, and I think he will be, I think you start Saka against Everton. Right, and that's it for me, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. As always, anything you've agreed with, disagreed with, let me know in the comments below. You've got a question, you've got any Arsenal opinion to ask and to say again put them in the comments below and i'll try and include some of them in tomorrow's video as we really start to turn our attention towards that everton game at the weekend remember Mikel arteta speaking today at 1 30 p.m so we'll have some fresh comments from the manager ahead of that mate ahead of that match hopefully some team news um and some updates on stuff like that so keep your eyes peeled 1 30 p.m at london colney until then everyone have a very good end to your week have a great friday evening i'll speak to you soon Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 